Going to church in and of itself will not have the power to make you more godly. Dr. Tony Evans says we make a mistake when we only consider God once a week and in one location. That's why people are not experiencing more of God because they don't live in His presence, they visit His presence. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. A student or employee can complete a first-rate project for their teacher or boss, but they're unlikely to receive credit if what they did was not the assigned task. Today, Dr. Evans points out the failures we experience in life may be the result of working on the wrong assignment. Let's join him as he directs us to the task at hand. It was about the third year of seminary. I got a major paper back with a big fat F on it. Now you have to understand what that did to me. My goal was to make nothing but A's. I wanted to make sure every paper was done at the level. I was excited about what I was studying. And I poured everything I had into this assignment because I wanted to make an A. But not only did I not make an A, I made an F. I mean, I wasn't even in the ballpark. Shocked as I looked at my paper, I read underneath the failure sign a note from the professor. Right under the F, the note said, great paper. But underneath the phrase gray paper was the phrase wrong assignment. I had misread the assignment. I had done the wrong thing with a lot of effort. But a lot of work on the wrong thing still gave me an F. A lot of Christians today are working on the wrong assignment. We're failing in our lives. We're failing in our Priorities, we're failing in our families, we're failing in our commitments, we're failing while working hard. And I'd like to suggest to you that that is because much of what we're doing is not tied to the assignment we've been given. I want to talk to you about godliness, and I would like to suggest to you that is our assignment. That if you are here today and you have been redeemed, saved, you've been saved for the purposes of becoming godly. We stay busy as people and as ministries doing a lot of things often not tied to the assignment. Good things even. But wind up with a failing grade when it comes to what the assignment is. Let me tell you about this assignment because when you first hear it, you may say, okay, yeah, that's the Christian thing. But this assignment is very important because 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says, for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. He says, this assignment, this thing called godliness is not only good for the sweet by and by, it is good for the nasty here and now. He says, for this life and the life to come, because every Christian has two lives, 
the life you now live and the life you will live. He says, godliness is profitable, beneficial for this life and the life to come. So whatever this thing is called godliness, you want it because it has a profit motive to it. We think a lot about profit. You'll see that in the final sermon where he talks a lot about the issue of the motivation of godliness. He said it is profitable. Now, let me tell you what godliness is not before I tell you what godliness is because that will help you to better understand what it is when you know what it ain't. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, we read these words. He says, holding a form of godliness, although they deny its power, avoid such men as these. He talks about a form of godliness, something that looks like it, but is not it. He says, you know it's not godly when there's no power attached to it. Because true godliness has power connected to it. It's like um, somebody putting on a Superman uniform but can't fly. They got the form of power and the form of flight and the attire of power and the attire of flight. But they don't need to be jumping off no building because it is form without the accompanying power to pull off what the form declares it to be. I remember one time I was a little hungry, and so I went over to a additional hotel and picked up an apple and bit into it only to discover it was wax. I had my teeth in a wax apple. And the reason why I put my teeth in the wax apple is because it had the form. It had the color. It had the shape. It had the look without the substance. And there was no nutritional satisfaction. This form of godliness you know as religion. Religion gives the impression of something related to God that's real. I mean, you can look religious. You can wear religious clothes. You can use religious vocabulary. You can speak Christianese. You can carry a religious book, the Bible. You can hang out with religious people. And there be no power. Many of us knows what it is to go to church for years and not be changed. To be in the vicinity of God. And I'm no better for it. Because I was in the form. And I was at the location. But I was missing the power. Going to church in and of itself will not have the power to make you more godly like going into a garage will not have the power to turn you into a car. The location in and of itself is not sufficient for the purpose. Godliness is to be associated with power like when Pharaoh's magicians 
threw down their sticks and it became snakes. It had the form of, of reality until Moses' snake ate them up. Because Moses' snake didn't just have the appearance of a snake, it had power. So the fact of our godlessness is demonstrated by our lack of power, even though we still carry the form. I mean, everything about where you're sitting now fits the form. There are pews here. You know, it's a church. There's a cross in front. You know, it's a church. It's a pulpit here. There's a preacher here. There's a choir stand here. There have been hymns that are being sung. If you're looking for form, you've got it. Anybody like to go to the donut shop? We love the donut shop. Yes, I said we. We love the donut shop because it's sweet in there. Everything in the donut shop is sweet. It's been sprinkled with sugar. And don't put it in the microwave. I felt it too. And make it soft and get the sugar to run a little bit. And everything in that place is sweet. But no matter how often you go to the donut shop, you're probably not better off for being there. In fact, you can go to the donut shop. In fact, the more you go to the donut shop, the worse off you're going to become. But the environment is so sweet that it motivates you to want to be there even though there is no nutritional value and all it's going to give you are calories that have no benefit and will simply make you fatter, but it's sweet being there. For many people, church is God's donut shop. They want a sweet song. They want a sweet word. They want a sweet atmosphere only to discover they are no better off having come to the shop because you can have a form of godliness. You can have the look. You can have the paraphernalia of it without its reality and without its power outline without substance. Ah, but godliness. He says, has power tied to it. So if you're going through the form and lacking the power, that means we're not yet godly or not growing in godliness. Dr. Evans will have more for us on the meaning of godliness when he continues our message in just a moment. First, though, today's presentation is the first installment in a short but powerful series Tony's bringing you called In Pursuit of Godliness. The four messages in this collection will take you deep into Scripture to explore what it means to be godly, how God allows us to approach Him, and just why godliness is something we should seek in the first place. Through January, we are offering a special package of resources for our listeners that bundles the complete In Pursuit of Godliness series on digital download, along with all eight full-length audio messages from the Jesus Challenge series, as well as Dr. Evans' Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD. This entire package of helpful study materials is yours with gratitude for your support of Tony's ministry here on this station and around the world. So visit TonyEvans.org today to find out more. 
or call us at 1-800-800-3222, where members of our resource team are available 24-7 to help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. I'll have that contact information for you again following the second part of today's teaching. Here's Dr. Evans with more on the meaning of godliness. So the question is, what is it? The word godliness is used about 15 times in the New Testament. Most of the usages are found in the pastoral epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And you would expect it to be used there since that's the assignment of the church. The pastoral epistles are written to a pastor to tell the pastor what ought to be happening with the congregation. And Paul tells Timothy, you are to pursue godliness. So the assignment, my assignment, our assignment is to produce an environment where godliness is understood, encouraged, and achieved. That that's our assignment. All the other stuff we do must be measured by whether we're making the assignment or else we're working on the wrong assignment and we're not getting a passing grade. Please notice in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy verse 3, if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine conforming to godliness. He brings up godliness again at the end of verse 5. Suppose that godliness is a measure of gain. He brings up godliness again in the beginning of verse 6. But godliness actually is a means of great gain. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to make a profit by being godly. In verse 11, he brings up godliness again. So even in this one chapter, we've seen four times already this word godliness. The Greek word eusebia means reverence toward God. Here is the definition of godliness. Godliness may be defined as a lifestyle that consistently reflects the character of God. Godliness is a lifestyle, it's not an event, it's a way of living, a lifestyle, it's the way you roll, it's how you operate, it is a lifestyle that is consistent with the character of God. Now, watch this, godliness assumes that you agree and do not disagree with God. You can't be godly and disagree with God. If you're disagreeing with God, you cannot be godly because once you disagree with God, you have made yourself your own idol. Once you say, I don't think God's right on this one, you just judge God. And if you judge God, you became God. Another God is an idol. So you just built a monument to yourself when you disagree with God which means you cannot become godly. Godliness assumes what the scripture says when it says, let God be true and every man a liar. That when God and I disagree, I'm wrong. When God and my peeps disagree, they're wrong. When God and my professors disagree, they're wrong. When God and the rich folk disagree, they're wrong. 
One of the things that keep us from godliness is that we keep debating God. Which will automatically block any hope of ever becoming godly. You can't be disagreeing with the person you're trying to be like. Godliness is a lifestyle that is consistently reflecting the character of God. So before we go any further, you've got to decide what God says is right. What I think that disagrees with it, how I feel about it, how long I've been dealing with it, what my friends say about it, how I was raised in it is all wrong when it disagrees with God. Unless you start there, the hope of experiencing both the concept and the provision and the power of godliness is lost. That's why he said in verse 3, the doctrine conforming to godliness. Doctrine means teaching. He says, Timothy, I want you to teach the principles that are related to bringing people into conformity to likeness, to godliness. Because he's already said anything else is a doctrine of demons, chapter four. Because a lot of folk are being taught by the devil and don't know the devil is their professor. But the devil becomes your professor when the people he uses are getting you to disagree with God. Godliness means that I am living my life in light of his presence. There is a consciousness of God's presence and that presence is affecting me. That's why people are not experiencing more of God because they don't live in his presence, they visit his presence. See, and as long as you're a visitor, you can leave. Where you live is where you hang out. God has visiting hours on Sunday morning for most people. And so we give God the visiting hours, but we don't live in his presence and therefore we don't become, we visit him. The godly person is obsessed with God's presence. They're obsessed with pleasing God. Because they're ever conscious of where he is. I'm going to tell you where he is in a moment. But they're ever conscious of where he is and they have become obsessed with that. Consistently evaluating things from his perspective. What does he think about that? How would he feel about that? What would he say about that? that, That's constantly on their mind. Whether they're saying it or not, they are constantly reflecting on him. And on his influence on their everyday life, God becomes the son of their solar system where the planets of all their actions revolve around him. Now, let me tell you the enemy of godliness. This will stop godliness in his tracks and also regress you. Chapter 2, verse 16 of 2 Timothy says this, but avoid worldly and empty chatter for it will lead to further ungodliness. The enemy of godliness is worldliness. Godliness has an enemy. 
It's worldliness. He says worldly chatter, worldliness. What does worldliness mean? It's that system headed by Satan that leaves God out. Worldliness simply means you leave God out. You don't have to be a criminal to be worldly. All you've got to do is leave God out of the equation and you just became worldly. We talk about the world of fashions. That's everything that's got to do with clothes. We talk about the world of politics. That's everything that's got to do with government. We talk about the world of finance. Everything that's got to do with money. We talk about the world of sports. Everything that's got to do with athletics. When we talk about world, we're not talking about a place, although it involves places. We're talking about an orientation that has to do with the central subject. So to be worldly spiritually has the central subject as, uh, God, you're not part of this. I ain't including you in this. You stay over here on this. The moment you do that, you are operating worldly. Dr. Tony Evans on the meaning of godliness. He'll come back with a final illustration to wrap up today's lesson in just a moment. But first, if godliness is something you desire for your own life, the first step toward that is to establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That can happen today. Just visit TonyEvans.org and click the link that says Jesus. Tony will explain what it means to become a real Christian and tell you about some free resources you can take advantage of to follow up on your decision. And when you visit us online, check into getting a copy of that special resource package I mentioned earlier, the Jesus Challenge audio series, along with the Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD, as well as the four downloadable audio messages from our current teaching series, In Pursuit of Godliness. This huge special offer is only available for a limited time, so make a point of requesting it right away at TonyEvans.org. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or give our Resource Center a call any time of the day or night, and one of our friendly team members will be happy to assist with your request. That 24-7 phone number is one 800 800-3222. Again, that's 1-800-800-3222. And let me quickly remind you of the invitation to join Dr. Evans on an upcoming cruise to the Mexican Riviera, exploring Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta. For more information about this upcoming trip with The Urban Alternative, visit TonyEvans.org. Desiring to live a life of godliness is a noble goal. But like any goal, we need to know what it looks like before we can make a move toward it. Tomorrow, Dr. Evans will continue our biblical examination of the meaning of godliness. Right now, though, he's back to close our time today with this final illustration. I only listen to two stations consistently on my radio when I'm driving. I have two stations that I consistently listen to. One station is an AM station. The other station is an FM station. The way this works for me, and I'm sure some of you do this, is is the button in the car that says band, B-A-N-D. And I flip from AM to FM when I push band based on how I feel at the moment. There is a heavenly band that links us to God, but there is an earthly band that keeps God off the station and links us to man. And what far too many of us have is a bandwidth that we keep punching the button. God, I want you right now. Click God band Sunday morning. Then when the benediction is over, boom, man band. 
In fact, some of us only use the God band weekly. When it's that time, or maybe when we say grace, we punch the God band. And we keep going back and forth. He says, avoid worldly chatter. That is communication that is void of God's perspective. Because to be godly means I am pursuing and proceeding. I'm not trying to mix oil and water, diesel and unleaded. I am seeking to have this consistent experience of God being at work in my life. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 